According to Barna, 51% of all church-going Americans are unfamiliar with the term, the Great Commission. Let's change the stat. Welcome to GoCast, a podcast designed to inspire and equip pastors and leaders to lead soul-winning churches. We have a mission to go and make disciples. This is GoCast. Hey everyone, welcome to GoCast. I'm your host, Kelly Stickle, and I'm joined as always by my friend and co-host, Tim Tribble. How are you doing today, Tim? Doing well, Kelly. Thanks. Awesome. Well, today we have a great conversation with my friend, a uh, longtime friend. Mm-hmm. I actually went to Bible school with Pastor Dan. Right. Pastor Dan Goddard from Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. He pastors a, an amazing church there. It's a growing, booming uh, church, and it's a, a great conversation. I think one of the things that you're really going to enjoy is the fact that we talk about limitations. Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan is is a small town, a small, small city. Mm-hmm. And Dan moved from a big city and a big church, and he take over a, a small church in a small city, and yet he's breaking against, uh, all, broke against all of the limitations, yeah. has grown a, a massive church, and is doing uh, amazing things. So it, it's interesting, fascinating how he talks about breaking through limitations and what it takes to do that. So let me ask you a question. Talk about a limitation that you had to break through, and how did you break through? Yeah. Okay. So um, thinking back in our youth department, we have a suburb city that's about seven, seven kilometers down the road. Yeah. And uh, I used to live there and I would see all these youth, all these kids coming out of school, but there was no program set up for them. And it's like, we had a great program where we are at our church. And we thought, how do we expand this into this community? Didn't have the resources for it, didn't have the funding for it. And so we just hit the streets and went into businesses and said, Hey, you know what, do you think your kids could use a program? Like this, and and we're able to find a couple fun, um, couple funders in the city to be able to help with the program. But yeah, then so good. the city saw so much catalyst with it that they then uh, offered to write us like a six thousand dollar check for the program for wow. the year. So wow. um, yeah, there's no no undermining the amount of effort that can go into what God wants to do in a community. That's so good. Well, Pastor Dan talks about uh, how to break through limitations mm-hmm. as well, and how he's done that effectively in Moostra. And in particular, you're going to want to pay attention to three steps. He gives three keys of what it's taken for his church to focus on reaching the community and growing. And if you pay attention, it's, it's these three keys so will good. work anywhere and are very effective. So without further ado, let's go to my conversation with Pastor Dan Goddard of Victory Church in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. Well, hey, Dan, welcome to GoCast. It's so good to have you on the program, my friend. Good to see you. Yeah, thank you. Good to see you too, and uh, fantastic to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, let's let's uh, let's get started with just introducing you to, to, you to our audience and who you are. You are an associate pastor. You and I went to Bible college actually way back when, and it's kind of kind of crazy. Our kids are now older than we were when we were back in Bible college. But uh, but you were an associate pastor for a long time at a great church in Calgary, and then ten years ago. You stepped out, took over uh, a small church in a small town, Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. Yes, for all of our American friends, there's a place called Moose Jaw. Um, uh, why did you feel the call to take that church on? Yeah, so, um, yeah, wow. It's, it's been uh, been quite a ride. Um, and uh, so, like you said, uh, we were pastoring in Calgary. 13 years we were in that church. It wow. was uh, the first church I had ever pastored in, and um, we loved it. Uh Flourishing church, fantastic place. Uh, we grew so much there and saw the church grow, and we never thought we'd leave. Uh, yeah, we just thought I, I we'd pastor there the rest of our lives. And uh, uh, you know, there was opportunities. Sometimes we'd get a phone call from a church or a pastor and uh, inviting us to check out of various places. And 
Um, we always said, oh, we'll pray about it. We'll pray. Uh, but we knew in our hearts that we were right where God was calling us. Yeah. So we'd, we'd pray a pretty simple prayer and, uh, you know, we hear God say, don't no, stay where you are. And we would and life would go on. And then we got a call from Moose Jaw and it was no different than the others. Um, we answered the exact same way. Yeah, yeah, we'll pray. We'll pray. And But we knew right from the get go. There's just something in our hearts that said this is different. There's something mm. special. The Holy Spirit's putting his finger on this. And so um we started taking careful, slow steps. Uh, it was so out of the blue for us. We'd never been to Moose Jaw in our lives. Um, it's in a province called Saskatchewan. We'd hardly been there. Yeah. Um, we, you know, we were very familiar with our own city, Calgary. And uh, so it was just way out of the blue. But we kept pursuing it one step at a time for about six months. There's just one little step after another little step. And every step of the way, we prayed. We got counsel. We invited others to speak into our lives. And every step, we, we knew unmistakably that God was saying, Go. And wow. so we said, yes, sir. And uh, we came. That was 10 years ago. Yeah. And we're, we're just super glad we did. You know, looking back, um, we had no idea what kind of a ride we were in for. Uh, but but God knew and uh, he can be trusted. And, and so here yeah, we are. That's cool. Well, today the, the church is doing fantastic. It's it's growing like crazy. Uh, it's the largest church in the city of Moose Jaw. And uh, what have you learned about breaking through what others would see as limitation? I mean, it must have been a, a shock going from big city, you know, Calgary coming into small town Saskatchewan, a small city. Uh, in Saskatchewan and, and looking around and going, uh, you know, others see you know, a lot of pastors, we'd make excuses all the time about our town is so hard or so difficult if we had this opportunity or not. Yeah. But man, what others would see as limitations, man, you, you, you've just kind of pushed right through that and you're seeing amazing results. So talk us through that. Yeah. What, what have you learned about that? You know that? what? Um, every place has limitations. Every place has challenges. Every place has problems. And so we came into a new place and we were shocked. I mean, it was all new to us, a new town, new culture new way of doing things, and uh, we had to kind of find our footing. Um, but, uh, you know, I, limitations and, and, and problems are, that's what leaders do. Um, yeah. <laughs> leaders work on those things. Uh, yeah. If we didn't have limitations, if we didn't have problems to, to challenge us, uh, we wouldn't need to come to work. We could just go hang out, you know, go so have vacation 24-7, which wouldn't be so bad. I mean, I'm not, you know, I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. complain a whole lot. But, um, but that's what gets us up in the morning. That's why churches exist. Churches exist because there's problems. Yeah, right? true. Uh, otherwise, we just get to go to heaven and hang out. Yeah. Um, but we've got a world to win. we got challenges to face. So uh, I, I don't want to sound too uh, trite or too leadership, you know, um, principle-ish, but, but that, it is how it works. Leaders deal with problems. Leaders deal with limitations. And you got to face them head on, see them for what they are. And, uh, and then, you know, as you see them, instead of just getting drowned in the limitation, because it's really easy to just get focused on the problem, focused right. on the, say, well, we can't because, right? As soon as right, you hear those right. words, we can't, you know that you're up against something that's going to take leadership. And um, so probably the biggest thing I do is I look for somebody who already has, right? When I hear we can't or because of this, or this is our limitation, I just find someone who's broken through it before, whether it's a church or a person or a Bible character. A lot of Bible characters broke through limitations. Yeah. And um, I tell myself and my team, if they did it, there must be a way. Yeah. Right. If, if that person's done it or that church has done it, they must have figured it out somehow. And maybe our way isn't going to be the same as their way. But just knowing somebody's done it before gives me hope and gives me a chance to, to tackle it. Yeah, you know? so good. So that, that's really how we've hit limitations. And then. The other thing we've done is, you know, once we hit that, we brainstorm, we team up. I ask lots of questions of everybody I can find. I, I ask you questions once in a while. Yeah. 
other pastors and, and uh, my wife, my kids, my friends, my staff team here. And we just brainstorm uh, up against that limitation until we have a list of solutions that might work. And we pick one. Uh, that's probably the hardest part, picking which solution at which time. Wow. We pick one, we try it. And then we say around here, everything's an experiment. Yeah, that's <laughs> so good. We just try a solution, see if it works. Uh, sometimes it does, and that's awesome. We broke through. Uh, most of the time, our first solution isn't isn't perfect, and it needs tweaking, or or it needs thrown out, and you try another yeah. solution. And uh, if if it fails, you've got one thing you've learned. You know, you go, well, that doesn't work, and we learn some things. We're gonna try again, a little smarter, and you just keep bumping up against it with prayer and uh, with with your team, and and eventually you do break your end. By God's grace, we've seen limitation after limitation broken through. It's possible. It happens everywhere, and yeah. it can happen wherever you are. Yeah, that's so good. There's so much in in what you just said there about uh, you know as security as a leader and and asking uh, questions of and learning from anybody and and everybody that you possibly can and seeking that. Out. A lot of a lot of leaders kind of shy away from from trying to learn from somebody else or get intimidated by somebody who's gone a little bit further. Instead of learning from them, we find ways to criticize uh, in that. I, that. I think that a lot of that has to do with insecurity. Wouldn't you say, I mean, if, if we as leaders are, we stop learning, we get into totally. trouble. Totally. And, and it, if I can blame my outward circumstances or I can blame the limitation, then I can just sit back, you know? Mm. Um, but, uh, but if I have enough of that confidence, uh, God built confidence within, then you just say, we're going to attack this. we got to find a way. So, yeah. yeah, that's really cool. Well, and your church is, is doing a great job of, of winning souls. Uh, and so what's, what's been one of your most effective strategies as a, as a church for, for winning souls? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And thanks for doing this podcast. I, I love the topic, Winning Souls. It's a yeah. passion of mine, and it's what Jesus is all about. So Absolutely. Super cool that we're into talking soul winning. Um, so if there's any limitation, we should be breaking through, right? If yeah. Limitations that will keep us from from reaching people for Christ. I mean, those are the ones that it will make an eternal difference. So, yeah, so So good. for us, we really just have one strategy as a church um, uh, for soul winning. We call it invest and invite. Invest yeah. and invite, invest and invite. And we just repeat that again and again. You'll see it around our building. And and um, we tell all of our people, if you attend our church, you're part of that mission. Uh, it doesn't even matter if you're a Christian or not. Yeah. If you attend here, yeah. you're part of our mission. Right? Yeah. We're, we're trying to invest in relationships and then invite those people out to church. Now, so the, the reality is, is that strategy won't actually win souls unless you do a few things mm. to make it work, right? So, so we, have a few, we have three things, actually, that we do to make the invest and invite strategy work. So, so uh, the first thing is we build a passion for souls. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we act, because if you just invite people, but you're not trying to reach them when they show up, or you don't care that they're there, or you, know, you don't have a heart for them, they're going to sense that. And so, so first we build a passion for souls and just tell our, ourselves and our team again and again, it's all about reaching people. It's all about you know, one person at a time, loving people, reaching people, giving people that heart and that passion, and telling our whole team that we all need that passion. It's not just one of us or a pastor or a leader or a special person in the church who has the gift of evangelism. You know, yeah. We just say, oh, it's everybody. We yeah. all have a passion to reach people for Christ. So you preach that passion? You stir that up in, in preaching to your congregation? <laughs> I do. And I, I even tell our church, I'll, I'll say, look, if, if you're here 
and you don't have a heart for your neighbor or your coworker or your friend or your classmate or your family member to come to Christ, yeah, um, you probably need to find a different church mm. because this is this is just who we are through and through. And actually, we need your seat. We need your your parking spot. We need your kids ministry spots, you know, because we are all about reaching people. We're on mission. Wow. And and uh, so that would be the first thing we we try to build a culture that has a passion for souls. And that makes the investment advice strategy work. But it doesn't passion isn't the only thing. Right. right? So you can be passionate about something and still be terrible at it. Right. So I found that out with sports. You know, I, I love sports. I play sports. I've played most sports and, and I, I'm passionate. Uh, but most sports I play, I'm terrible at. You know? <laughs> so so passion isn't everything. You That's know, right. That's good. To start with. But then you got to add some skill sets to that. And uh, so for us, what that means around our church is it means we have to make our Sunday service rock. We have to make it amazing. Um, so you know, good. When you invite a friend to church, the worst thing that could happen is that you would be embarrassed by a terrible service, right? right. Whatever that looks like. But you, you just, you so badly want your friend to have a fantastic experience. Um, and not just for your own ego to be able to say, wow, you know, friend, I have a cool church, but because you care about your friend's soul. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so you want a great service. And so we, Again, we tell our whole church, this is a team effort. You know, we, all of us are called to win souls. Um, all of us are called to, to reach people. We don't have an option on that. That's God's mandate on our lives. Jesus came to seek and save the lost, and now that's ours, and that's your mandate. Every human being, Christian's mandate is to do that. Um, but you don't have to do it alone, mm. right? I, I'm, you know, when I look at my own soul-winning soul winning abilities, I'm not that awesome at it. But you get a hundred people yeah. who all have different strengths and different gifts and say, we're going to work together to win my friend to Christ. Um, boy, that gives me a whole new confidence and perspective. That's really, really good. That's that's very cool. I, I love the I love the the perspective of I mean, just to focus on excellence and say, okay, we're going to eliminate the cringe factors in our service. Exactly. The things that just kind of make you 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 know, wince or a visitor wince in particular, and un, you know, yeah. especially some of that's not saved yet. Wince. That's the cringe factor. Eliminating that. But we're not just doing that to be a cool church, and we're not just adding excellence to be, you know, to the best church in town. We're yeah. doing this because our why is souls. That's exactly right. I, I love that. That is so, so good. And that has to translate across every part, right? So right. Again, it's not like, oh, we have such a great preacher here, so we can invite our friends. Right. No, it's the parking ministry. It's the greeters. It's the coffee. It's the... The, the way the nursery receives the child and greets the parents. And, you know, it's it's across the whole board. And those people have to know, I'm not just parking cars. Right. I'm winning souls, right? Uh, I'm not just, you know, uh, uh, changing a dial on a sound system to make better sound. I'm reaching people for Christ. I'm making it possible for somebody to hear the gospel and, and, and receive that. So every part of the service, we are going to put our very best forward. And, and the way we say it around our church is we're setting the table for guests. So good. Um, man, I've been to some churches and bless their hearts. They're good people, but they don't know you exist. You know, right. you show up there and if you're not a regular, the culture, the way of doing things, the signage, the talk, the everything is for insiders. And you, you just think, well, I'm an outsider, you know, I guess I came, I showed up and they didn't mind me. They just put up with me. Right, right. You know? But that's totally different than when you set the table for guests. 
you know, that somebody knocks at the door of your house and they're a guest, you don't just yell, come on in, you know, yeah. or just say nothing. You jump up, you go to the door, you greet them, you bring them in, you give them the best seat at the table. You, you know, and so, so we tell our church, we're going to feed everybody on Sunday, but yeah. we are going to set the table for guests. Right. And that, that brings, like when you have guests over at your house, you're bring, putting out your best china, yet you're, yeah. you're, you clean and vacuum, you do all, all this kind of stuff. And, and it changes the, the perspective. You're putting your best foot forward. So you're, you're saying that on a Sunday, man, we're, yeah. we're doing the same thing. Everything, everything from the cleanliness of the bathrooms to, or the cleanliness of the children's area to, to, you know, how we park cars, how we do all that. That's, we've got the guest in mind. Because, I, I mean, the family, you know, it depends on who we put on stage. I mean, family, churches, we can put sister so-and-so on stage. You can't carry tune. She's passionate about yeah. music, but she's not very yeah, good yeah. at it. Uh, but everyone loves her, and it's okay with the family. But, man, we got the guest there. That could be that cringe factor. So, That's but, you, but you're not saying that everything has to be perfect. You're, there's a difference between perfect and, and excellent. You're doing the best with what you have, right? Exactly. So we're all going to do our best. That's what that's what uh, being guest centered or other centered is about. It's not about being perfect. It's not about perfectionism. It's not about, um, you know, even sort of having a almost angry attitude like we got to fix this. You know, no, it's just about we're going to we got guests coming. We yep. know every Sunday we got guests coming. And that's yep. an exciting thing. Yeah, so, so good. Let's do our best, man. We got a guest here. And probably my favorite thing as a pastor is on a Sunday morning when a church member walks up to me and introduces me to their friend. Yeah. Just all proud, you know, so-and-so's with me today. And they look at me with those eyes that go, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, we're here for them. And, and just, there's those moments where you just go, Oh God, that, that's so cool. That's so good. So, okay. So number one, you got to have a passion. Number two, uh, you got to make your Sundays rock. Number three, what, what do you got? Yeah. So, I mean, the last thing's pretty simple, but every Sunday we share the gospel and we give people a chance to respond to the gospel. Wow. Uh, so just as part of our service, doesn't matter uh, what Sunday year, 52 Sundays a year. Uh, in, in every service, we share the love of Jesus, the, the message of the cross, and we give people an opportunity to respond. And actually, that's pretty straightforward. You know, it's not super complicated. It's not super hard to do. The message doesn't change. The methods that we give it change. And the, yep. we get creative about how we share it. Some services, that's the focus of the whole service. A lot of services, that's just a, a small portion. Um, if our listeners ever get a chance to uh, watch YouTube or, or podcast a Craig Groeschel sermon, yep. you know, Craig Groeschel is a fantastic preacher. And uh, the end of his sermons, the last five minutes, he shares the gospel, gives an invitation. Yeah. Simple, straightforward. But our people know every Sunday, every service, if they bring a friend, their friend is going to hear the gospel and have a chance to respond. And uh, you just never know. I, the, the, the actual response is God's supernatural work, right? Yep. You never know what God's going to do. Uh, That's you, so good. That, and that builds confidence in your people to know, you know, okay, is this the Sunday? If you're doing it every Sunday, they don't have to second guess. And they had a conversation at work. And then they have to, they go, do I invite this Sunday or do I invite? I mean, if they know every single Sunday, no matter what, you're going to do the ask. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. And uh, it just it's straightforward and it doesn't have to be complicated. Yeah. It's just a very simple, you know, we, we let you know the message of the gospel and we, we give you a chance to, to say yes to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. All right. So so is it working? How many how many salvations, baptisms did you, did your ministry have last year? That's so I mean every Sunday we have people respond, which yeah. is super cool. That's awesome. Um, and, and you know, you don't know exactly what 
they're thinking or what's going on in their hearts. Uh, but we celebrate every single response. And, and we certainly, because we have those every Sunday and every service, we do two services a Sunday. We, we've had well over 100 people uh, respond to Jesus that's and awesome. say they, they want to give their hearts to him. And that's super cool. That's of awesome. those, um, this year we had 40 some of those who actually came back to us. We invite them then to be in touch with us and, and let us know that they made a decision and to a journey with us. So 40 some of those have said, Yep, um, I want to walk with you guys in my journey of following Jesus, my new decision. And so we do some follow-up with that and so on. And of those, um, and these are sort of, for us, this is a sort of where we just go crazy. But uh, this year we had 30, 37 people this year who uh, chose to step into the waters of baptism wow. and uh, declare to the whole world they're following Jesus. And um, That's awesome. So just just to put that in perspective, um, you know, I I asked the uh, Billy Graham Association uh, years ago. I said, okay, what's your retention rate? So of the salvations, how many people follow through and and get discipled and and all of that? And they said they average uh, around three percent. Three percent of the people that that you know get saved at a Billy Graham crusade, uh, you know, would actually follow through, attend a church, get discipled, follow through, like you said. So put that in perspective of, of the numbers you're talking. You're talking in the neighborhood of, of forty, you know, thirty-five to forty percent of the people yeah. are, are are getting saved, are getting baptized, sticking in the church, get and, yeah. and following through in baptism, and that's that's outstanding. That's why I that's why I'm so passionate. Why I believe that the church is is the soul winning machine. Exactly it's, right. it's supposed to be the church because it's it's not just about soul winning; it's about discipleship as well, and and following through. That that is yeah, yeah. That's Making awesome. Disciples, and and so you know, they, I grew up in a great church, um, loved it, and we talked about evangelism. We believed in evangelism. We we shared about evangelism. It's just no one actually did it, or right. at least very few. And when it came to, to baptisms or or you know decisions, um, we had them. Um, but it was always one or two or three people being baptized. Right. And it was always the kids of people in the church. Right. And, you know, that's wonderful. It wasn't a bad thing. It just wasn't conversion evangelism. You know, it wasn't people who were far from God coming to God. And, and uh, you know, now when I see this happening, every time I just, uh, my heart just leaps and I just think, man, heaven's rejoicing. Yeah. This, this, this that's awesome. This, this is a... Harvest time for the church. That's awesome. So tell me about somebody in the church that's in the church now Yeah, that got radically saved, miraculously changed uh, because they got saved in, in a service. Yeah, sure. Fun story. We had a guy last year who's uh, 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 in the trucking industry, pretty yeah. rough, tough guy, and just living a rough life, uh, married, had kids, grown. His kids were just about grown, and um, his marriage fell apart. And mm. uh, he, it fell apart, uh, and he would say this, due to stupid choices he was making. The kind of guys he was hanging out with, the kind of lifestyle he was living, uh, wrecked his marriage. And I mean, wrecked it to the point of no return. There was no hope. Um, yeah. They were separated, and uh, his, in his wife's words, um, it was down to dividing the property. They had nothing in common between them. Wow. Um, the only reason they ever contacted each other is they shared a dog. And so the dog would have to go back and forth. Um, but that was it. There was nothing. And this guy was uh, just living his life, didn't have hope for his marriage. Uh, but uh, one day, just in feeling his own brokenness, um, he uh, recalled that he had a brother. He hadn't been in touch with for 15 years. Yeah. And uh, his brother came to our church for a conference. 
And uh, that sparked something in him. And he just said, I, I, I think I need God in my life. It just hit him one day. Wow. Uh, he, he wandered into our, our building. And from the moment he walked in, uh, he just says, man, God grabbed me. And uh, I remember meeting him that first Sunday. He was just weeping, like tough guy, you know, yep, tough yep. guy. And he just crying and looking at me, kind of blowing. He didn't make much sense, to be honest, because he was, you know, so overcome. Yeah. And uh, uh, we just visited. I said, you keep coming back. It's not an accident. You're here. And he did. And week after week, we'd see him. And it was a month or two into that that he opened his heart to Christ. And, and uh, in his own words, he says it was like getting on a rocket ship. You know? <laughs> and uh, he just made change after change in his life. It wasn't all overnight. But uh, it was funny. His wife says now, she says when he would come get the dog after he got saved, she said, I would see such a difference in him week over week that I started to not be able to wait for him to come over. Wow. It's a woman who hated him before. Wow. And so a few months into that, after him living that and changing, she started coming to church. Um, very tentative. I mean, I remember meeting her. She was cold as ice, just tentative, just watching, making it real clear they weren't getting back together. But she was just coming to see what had changed his life. And sure enough, a few weeks into that, she gave her heart to Christ. And uh, several months later, kind of the long, the fun story of it, several months later, they were back together. Their wow. kids said he was a different man. They'd never seen him like that. They said he even looked different Wow. on the outside. And uh, they came to get baptized. And on the morning of their baptism, they did uh, renewal of their vows and got remarried. <laughs> and uh, just, uh, just a wonderful story. Actually, and that's... They, they did their testimony for us, and uh, it's up on our YouTube, and yeah. but powerful. That's so cool. Life that gets changed, is it? Yeah, that's so cool. I, I love how we don't know how many people in our community the Holy Spirit's already been working on. Like, God's already yeah. been working on. He had this sense before he even attended the church, man, I, I need God. And I find it interesting that he felt led to come to, to your church that is doing the ask every single Sunday. But he didn't get saved the first Sunday. He, he, nope. he came back, which comes back to doing church well there's something that there wasn't the cringe factor that pushed him away he still felt pulled because he didn't make that decision the first week that he came in but after a month or so you said right then he, he made the decision and then after that becomes the trickle effect you start to see you yeah. know his wife gets saved and then a marriage restored man that is that's why we do what we do that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's ex that's exactly what this is all about that's awesome man so m many people you know, believe that soul winning churches somehow compromise the Bible, you know, the message somehow, the truth. Man, why, why do you, why do you think people believe that? Yeah, I've heard that over and over again. Preachers kind of get up and go on a little rant, you know, man, you know, those churches that are growing, they, they're compromising, you know, and this and that. And uh, as a young guy, young pastor, um, I heard that so much. I'd never seen it. Because uh, I'd never really been in a church that was winning a lot of souls. Right. Um, but I thought it must be true if so many preachers were saying it. Um, I just thought, well, I guess those big, you know, uh, growing churches must be compromising. Hmm. And it wasn't until I went the first time to a church that was that was uh, growing leaps and bounds and saw for myself. I, I was watching for the compromise. I went there going, oh, I'm, it's, they're going to be lukewarm. They're going to be watering it down. And they didn't at all. They were sold out on fire just it was incredible to watch and wow. see the people who were coming to Christ were more excited about their faith than, than any group I'd seen. And, and they were coming to faith by the hundreds. Wow. And so that, that sort of shifted. It was a big shift in my mentality. Um, so I started studying soul winning churches 
And uh, it's funny, but church after church that was winning souls was preaching the uncompromised word of God. And, uh, you know, after sort of thinking it through a little more, um, I, I actually think if, if you're preaching the word and you have a message, um, you're going to want to win souls. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you compromise on the truth, you lose your message and you really stop becoming a soul winning church. So that's so good churches that are compromising. I have, I've seen places that have lost their belief in the truth and their belief in the word of God, but I've never seen those places become soul winning places. Right. They have, they have no soul, no reason to win souls. Right. They tend to just slowly disappear. Uh, They, they tend to just kind of drift into old age and then, and then, be gone when you so anyway i i guess i just i would just say uh don't believe it <laughs> uh the, the churches i've seen that are growing are preaching the word of god and uh and and are winning souls and there's probably some out there that that don't but that hasn't been my experience yeah i think it's easy to criticize and i, I don't want to join that group i want to be I want to be one who celebrates when uh, churches are leading people to Christ. That's so good, man. That that's such a good point. I, you know, I think, I think that yeah. The other assumption is that well, if you're if you're going to reach wide and you're going to win souls as a church, that you have to compromise going deep, you right? Know, spiritually or with the Holy Spirit, or you have to somehow you know tame that down and, and not be weird, not do not not go crazy in that. So, what have you done? That is both, you know, that that allows you to stay both deep spiritually and wide relationally and, and in your reach for the lost. How, how do you balance that world? Yeah, I mean, that's a compromise that uh, I guess any organization struggles with what we would call the either or or the both and. Right. So either or meaning, you know, we're either going to be evangelistic or we're going to do discipleship. Either we're going to really grow or we're going to be really solid. You know, you can pick a whole bunch of either ors. And and most of the time, those are false uh, setups. Right, right. Um, you, you can do both, especially if both are in the Bible and both are part of the calling of God. Then we, we ought to be able to say, no, no, we can do both. Yeah. Uh, so for us, um, probably the biggest thing for me is that I believe the gospel itself is uh, both for believers and unbelievers. Yeah. The same gospel that saves is the gospel that sanctifies. The same gospel that leads me to Christ is the gospel that leads me deeper into Christ. And and so, uh, you know, I try to, in my leadership and in my preaching and in, in how we run the church, um, we try to make the gospel the center of everything, in, in not just in bringing people to Christ, but in growing people up in Christ. Yeah. That if you're dealing with a challenge or situation or a battle in your life, um, the gospel of Jesus is what you need to go deeper into and it, to, to grow in that and to change in that. So I think you could study the gospel and preach the gospel and learn the gospel for the rest of your life and barely scratch the surface. That's so true. So, so we're just going to go deeper and deeper and deeper into the gospel. And, and uh, as we do, uh, the gospel is deep enough for the deepest Christian and wide enough for the lost most lost, lost soul. Um, so, so I think it's possible to do both. Um, and I, a uh, guy that I've learned from in that is Tim Keller. Yeah. Tim Keller's an old guy. He's a yeah. Presbyterian, you know, he's in New York and he's leading young people to Christ by the hundreds. Yeah, that's true. Uh, he has some really neat things to say about just, uh, reaching both the, the, oh, and he's deep. You can't, you can't ever accuse him of not being deep. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. 
Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So what do you say to, to somebody who okay, so says, well, you know, I'm not, you know, in the church saying I need more meat, Pastor. I'm not getting, I mean, you're you're focused on reaching, you know, and giving milk. You're reaching the lost. What about me? And I, I need more meat. I, I, what do you, you know, what do you think about, you know, those kind of comments? Yeah. I mean, my first reaction is join me in the mission. Yeah. We are trying to reach people for Christ, man. You know, like, let's let's get about our father's business. And, uh, y- you know, I, I, I think sometimes people who, who say those kind of things, they've eaten and eaten and eaten and eaten, and they're getting no exercise. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, get out there and, and let's get about the work of the kingdom together. Wow. So that would be my first reaction is to invite them into the game. Like, uh, you know, I know you're hungry for meat, but let's start with just serving Jesus together trying to win people to Christ together. And I think as they get a hold of the mission, they'll be a lot more enthusiastic about things. Uh, and then, of course, the other thing is, is as you grow, uh, my hope is that you learn to feed yourself. Yeah. Right? It, uh, you know, mature believers, uh, they, they know how to get into God's word, how to eat. And I can lead you to the, to, towards that. But, but as you grow, I, I want you to learn how to, how to get your own uh, meat. That's so good. So, so I love that. I love that you're, you're doing all the eating, but you're not getting exercise, man. That, that's so yeah. rich. That's so yeah. good. Man, what what advice would you give to a pastor who wants to just see souls saved in their church? They don't know where to start. They're, they're trying to figure this out. What, what do I do? Uh, they Maybe they've had the idea that I had to compromise or have to change something in order to win souls. What, what advice would you give to a pastor who wants to see souls in yeah, their church? I think that's such an important question because I think it gets discouraging sometimes for pastors. You're, you're in the trenches. you got to million things to do and you wonder how do I reach more people and I know we need to be reaching people what do we do I mean I'd start with saying just set the example yourself oh, that's good um, you know uh, pray for souls you know uh, the question I love to ask is is if God answered all my prayers today would anybody get saved wow right like if it, like what am I praying for is it just like my sore knee or am I, am I believing for eternity? So I'd ask the pastor, pray for souls. You know, mm. um, soul-winning churches have started on their knees. They've prayed. And and, uh, and anyway, so soul-winning pastors do the same. And pray for people. Pray for your neighbors. Pray for your family. And then take opportunities and, and reach people. So that would be the first thing. Set the example, pastor. Um, another thing I would encourage the pastor is teach your people to set the table for guests. Yeah. And it takes disproportionate energy. To reach people, it just does, mm. and so the the automatic focus of any organization is going to go inward, right. and certainly that's true for the church. It's easy to think of ourselves, reach the people we've already reached. They're the only ones who have voices, right? They're telling us what they want and need, and so as a pastor, you need to put disproportionate energy and teach your people to put disproportionate energy into reaching people. Jesus, you know, talked about leaving the ninety nine to go after the one. Yeah. And it's not that we don't care for the 99. We do. Um, but it just, it, it's almost like a 99 to 1 proportion of energy wow. that we need to have if we're really going to reach people. It's just like, wow, wow that one soul. Uh, man, if, if we put a year's worth of energy in and we saw somebody come to Christ, wow, that's worth it. That's so good. I, I love that. That's so good. The the that parable about the ninety nine to one. That that really is a parable about focus. It's it's what you're focusing on. It's not you're not ignoring the ninety nine, but your focus is 
on, yeah. on the one lost. And that, that's a big thing, I think, for pastors is, man, let's focus more on who we're trying to reach than yeah. who we're trying to keep, because those we're trying to keep, they're going to be the loudest voices. The 99 yeah, are always yeah. going to be the loudest voices. They're the ones closest to us. They're, you know, and so they're going to be the loudest voices, but our, our focus really needs to be on, on that reach. Yeah, and if you have a heart for it enough, if you're passionate enough, if you're putting disproportionate energy into it enough, you'll find a way. Yeah, you'll find a strategy. Uh, doesn't matter what strategy you use. Just just keep trying them until one works, and you'll find one eventually. Yeah, that, so good. You. Yeah, so good, man. This has been so so rich. Thank you so much, Dan. Is there anything that I should have asked you, but but haven't? <laughs> I don't think so. You know, um, I I've shared a lot of things already, and and I just. I love what you guys are doing there with my victory. I love your podcast, your books. I, I just um, thrilled. And actually, our church does a lot of learning from from what you guys are doing. I mm. send our, our staff to your stuff and uh, say, look at what my victory's doing. And, and we so appreciate that you guys are all about removing barriers so that more people can come to Christ. Yeah. Uh, what, a, what a fantastic thing. And we learn lots from you too, man. So yeah, that is, that is awesome. Man, where can, where can people connect with you online? They want to learn, pastors want to learn from you. And I would highly encourage pastors, leaders listening to, to check you out and, and follow what you're doing. You're an incredible leader, incredible communicator. Um, and so where can someone connect with you online? Yeah, thank you. Uh, we'd love you to connect online. We have uh, a, two YouTube channels. So one is for our live stream of our services. One is our sermons. And and uh, we have podcasts and, and of course, uh, different web things. But uh, the easiest way to find us online is to type the word Moose Jaw, which is unforgettable, right? <laughs> That's How can true. you forget a city named Moose Jaw? I mean, it's so cool. And then the word victory. So we're victory and Moose Jaw. If you type those two words in, you'll find us. If you miss either of those, or I guess it's three words, right? Moose Jaw, Victory. But if, if you miss any words, you might not find us. So Moose Jaw and Victory, and uh, and, and you'll find us and, and then be able to access our, our resources. But we would love to connect more with, with more people. That's awesome. Well, thanks so much, Dan, and, and for your time, for everything you share has been so rich. Man, bless you and your ministry. And uh, we're excited about what God's doing in Moose Jaw. That's, that's very cool. Very cool. Well, thank you, Kelly. It's been a privilege to be a part of it. What a great conversation with Pastor Dan Goddard wow. of Victory Church in Moose Jaw. What was your big takeaway? Wow, I loved it when he talked about limitations and problems and that you're in leadership because leaders solve problems. That's yeah, what they do. That's so Very good. simple, but it's so, yeah. I love the, the quote that he, or the statement that he made where when you hear we can't, you're up against something that is going to require mm. a leader to break through. I mean, it's so inspiring for all of us as leaders and saying, hey, when we face oppositions, I mean, the church is out there to solve problems. That's right. Leaders are out there to solve problems. And that when you hear we can't, it's going to require leadership to break through. So, so good. He's always a great resource mm -hmm. of, uh, and knowledge. And he, as you can see in, in those watching the podcast, you can see there's a few books that he reads. He's, he's got a wealth of knowledge. Encourage everyone to kind of tune into what he is doing. He's also got a YouTube channel that is, is blowing up. And he does a great job of training his staff, but it's so much we can learn. Yeah. So I encourage people to check that out. The content in this podcast is always so yeah. amazing. How can pastors, leaders get in touch with us and kind of continue the conversation? Absolutely. If you liked what you heard today, you can definitely go to iTunes, subscribe to the GoCast podcast, or you can hit our website at gocast.ca. 
Yeah, and you can also join the conversation with us on Instagram or on Facebook, and we'd highly encourage you to interact with us. We'd love to hear you from you and your situation and what's going on, how you're enjoying the podcast, and how how you are breaking through your limitations mm. in your area. We'd love to hear your stories as well. Well, next week, we have an amazing conversation with Pastor Jake and Mullen of uh, Home Church in Red Deer. Let's go to an excerpt of that conversation now. But just to say that, that the first thing he said was, what do I need to change? I think that's what every leader needs to look at right off the beginning is what can I change? What can I do differently? And to be humble enough to ask a few people around us, what could I change that would make a huge difference? Can't wait for the conversation and next episode with Pastor Jake and Mullen mm-hmm. of Home Church. Uh, that guy's got a lot going on. Yeah. He's overseeing 110 churches around the world. They've planted a lot of those recently. There's so much we can learn from him. Mm-hmm. His church in Red Deer is blowing up and doing really, really well. So you're not going to want to miss that conversation. We can't wait to see you next time. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for joining us for this episode of GoCast. We hope you feel inspired and better equipped to take your community for Christ. Make sure to subscribe to receive each new episode as it's released. Let's go and break the stat together.